Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Michael P. Haynes. I'm here to talk to you all about law and society. We're going to talk about lots of society. We're on WCCF News Radio, 1580 on your AM dial, 100.9 on your FM dial. Thanks for tuning in. We're also streaming across the World Wide Web at WCCFAM.com. That's an iHeart media platform. Don Lee Haymans, also Lee Ming, goes by Lee Ming sometimes. She's running the uh, Facebook uh, live. Thanks for doing that. And we've got Zane Vickerstaff back at the, uh, at the uh, studio running the board for us. Hello, everyone. Thank you, all. Thank you for putting this all together. So we're listening to from Alaska to Taiwan to Hawaii. Hey, Bertie, it's Pappy. I love you. I love that brother of yours, Hanker. He's a bazooka, that boy. We're listening to, and he's lower 48 uh, states of these United States, from Washington State to California, Montana, where Parks Reese and his cohorts uh, abide. Uh, we're listening to in, uh, in Texas with Wendy Mazingo and her clan, uh, Colorado, Wisconsin, I'm sure in Maine and right on down the eastern seaboard to North Carolina, Stephanie Harrell and, and Raleigh, North Carolina, to Sam Kirby and his family in High Point, to Asheville, where we have a brand new baby that I announced last week, Sabine uh, Paris. And uh, what a delight of family that is, Carson and Sandusky and Leloy and Sabine. Uh, we're also listened to by Craig Economopoli there in Asheville uh, and Charlie and Leslie Boyle, for sure. Uh, coming on down south, we're listened to in Lakeland, Florida, Polk County uh, by Elton and his clan. And down into our listening audience, our local audience from uh, Arcadia to Boca Grande, from Venice to Estero. That includes Fort Myers, North Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, Babcock Ranch community, and all the points in between. However you got here, thanks for being here. Today we're going to talk about, about health care, uh, health care as it affects people's ability to pay for health care, uh, when those demands on their uh, payment for their health care are up to them and when that's not, I mean, for example, this is really kind of the bigger discussion is what does capitalism have to do with the provision of services to those who need them for health care for themselves and for the general population? We have, uh, in order to, to take care of one another, we have as a society shut down businesses. We've taken the ability of people who are not considered essential jobs from, uh, from making a living. And, uh, and that's, so there's some transfer in value and, uh, that happens in the commodities of society's uh, values that have to do with who, in fact, uh, pays for what and, and how. And so, you know, one of the things that we've been seeing in the news here lately is, is China and others that are alleged to be trying to hack into the, uh, the pharmaceuticals and those researchers that are trying to come up with vaccines for a virus that, uh, that is a player on the world stage. 
it's a pandemic, uh, and and it, it you you want people to be rewarded for their industry and for their ideas. At the same time, you don't want the the product of that to be unavailable to the rest of the world or so expensive to the rest of the world that uh, that it's not useful. And so where is this balance between what we need as a society and what capital needs in order to advance its cause? Well, you know, we don't have pure capitalism. We, we know that because we have uh, laws against monopolies because ultimately wealth protects and aggrandizes itself ultimately to the detriment of others there's mm-hmm. at, at, at least in snapshots in time there is a it's a uh, it's a it's a number if if somebody has this much piled up then that means that it can't be uh, piled up from this one as a matter of fact if you get enough of an advantage then you start controlling the markets and that's what we call end up being this vertical and horizontal monopolies that we say is not healthy for society. And so we're not a pure capitalism. We are a regulated capitalism. Uh, and and at what point and where is that balance in regulation? The, uh, let me do a song for you called, but, well, in these times, I mean, think about the people who are, are really and truly bankrupt the, uh, uh, they're just uh, as the as the bills roll in, and they're going to. Although there's some prohibitions and and and, and tolling of uh, being able to enforce the obligations, but ultimately people are going to have to pay their rent and pay their mortgages, and they've been put on lockdown by a government that's trying to protect one another, and. and and at some point, it hurts the person that's, that you're trying to protect. Uh, times are rough. Things are tough. Bulls are mounting. Don't have enough. Money. I need a job. Maybe two or three. Do you have a job? Hey, I'll give you a quarter. If you give that job to me. Well, pick yourself up, work it out, they say, make good choices, or they'll be hell to pay. Make scrap from junk, use it up, wear it out. Pinch and save. Helen, invent something. Be like Mighty Mouse and save the day. Here I come to save the day. Looks like Mighty Mouse is on the way. It's just a market adjustment. The inefficient should fall to their knees. Adam Smith's hands invisibly throttling. The inefficient likes of you and me. The likes of you. It's just a needed wage adjustment, leveling the globe.
local stage. Red tooth and nail expression of capital's natural ways of our natural ways. Here's the controversial part. The truly rich are merely inconvenienced. Maybe disappointed in all the chaos. Maybe not. The poor slathered thickly across the failed pensions, failed shops, and factory layoffs. Times are hard, things are rough, bills are mounting, don't have enough. You know what it is, money. I need a job. Maybe two or three. Do you have a job? I'll give you a quarter if you give that job to me. Times are hard. Oh, that song I wrote that one back in 2008 or thereabouts, seven eight, when the when the economy was collapsing. You know, you hold on to a song long enough and it has legs again about certain things. I mean, times are hard out there. There's people that really are in rough shape. Uh, and, uh, and it's because we're doing it to ourselves in order to protect the most vulnerable of us. And, uh, and that's set up some really uh, dichotomies in how to think about things. And the, the rhetoric and hyperbole are just rampant out there and we're we're really and truly at each other's throats in ways that uh that are, are unhealthy that are uh not sustainable uh and uh and so what is it that we're supposed to be doing and looking uh how do we take care of one another well in the Tao Te Ching Tao God the way of God this is the uh the uh the, the the story of the uh, of the way, and there's a uh, found one that I thought, verse fifty two. This is the approach that I recommend. That which creates the universe is the mother of the world. By knowing the mother, one knows her children. By knowing her children, one comes to know her. Such is their unity, that one does not exist without the other. Fully embrace your life, and you will share in the glory of creation. The mother herself will be your guardian, and all her creation will be your guide. Stay with the mother, shut the mouth, close the gates, and you are never in trouble. Abandon the mother, open the mouth, be busy with others, and you are beyond all hope of rescue. Seeing your own smallness is called insight. Honoring your own tenderness is called strength. The sun in all its glory reveals but a passing world. Only the inner light illuminates eternity. Only that light can guide us back home. Have faith. Follow your own shining. Be aware of your own awareness. On the darkest nights, you will not stumble. On the brightest days, you will not blink. This is called the practice of eternal light. Let's practice eternal light. Hey, I couldn't do the show without folks like Parks Reese. Parks is an artist in Livingston, Montana, uh, and uh, known across the globe. Uh, he's, he's been an ambassador of art and awareness and environmental uh, sensitivity in China for the last six years. 
I got to travel with them uh, last uh, summer, last September. Uh, my wife, where she got her name, Lee Ming, and uh, Jeffrey, and uh, and Parks and Joe Fay, two artists from Livingston, and we were the uh, the um, American contingent, and uh, and Parks was the senior uh, art artist and ambassador, uh, and and he. And he was well regarded and well received. Uh, and when we went places and there was someone who was to speak, Parks was the one that was selected to speak. He has a lot to say. He also says it very well with his paintings. And so go to parksreece.com, P-A-R-K-S-R-E-E-C-E, and, uh, and go to his Facebook page. And you can find his artwork and you'll be enthralled. Uh, Livingston Magazine says, think Van Gogh meets the far side and you might begin to understand artist Parks Reeves. Training and talent shackled to an altogether peculiar perception of our natural world. A bizarre amalgam of Charlie Russell and Salvador Dali. That's what Tim Cahill says. Peter Fonda, Fonda uh, actor and director. Parks Reeves is a sure-footed nonconformist whose individuality of thought is unmistakable as a fingerprint. Take a look at his stuff. When you go to Livingston, you can also stay in one of his B&B &B, uh, apartments. Uh, there's two of them. One is called Heaven, and the other is Mirth. Heaven and Mirth. And they're painted uh, with murals inside, and they're decorated with uh, uh, the kind of... Uh, Finds uh, on the plains and in the mountains that uh, that remind us of God's creation uh, and uh, and His evolution and that uh, that He uh, causes and uh, and you'll have a great time uh, being immersed in that in Livingston, Montana. Go see Parks. Uh, you can find him and you can find how to uh, to do that. Also, Gene uh, Gorman Auto Sales. You've seen the billboards and the signs you, uh, in, in and around Punta Gorda. It's, I'd give them away, but, I, but my wife won't let me. I'd fix them for free, but my wife won't let me. That's because it's a family-owned and operated business. They're, the, they're 24 years as Charlotte County's number one volume independent used car dealer. Three locations to serve everyone. Gene Gorman Family Motors in Charlotte Harbor. Gene Gorman's Premier Auto Sales downtown across from Punta Gorda Police Department and Gene's Dirt Cheap Cars just south of Acquiesta. All of the vehicles go through a certification process and come with a nationwide warranty. Gene's son Owen is the general manager and vice president of the corporation. Gene has a memoir out. We're going to have him on the radio here in the next couple of weeks. I uh, communicated with him and so we'll, we'll get him to give us an update on his book. Uh, and it's uh, progress uh, in uh, talking about a screenplay. Uh, it's, it's been a very well accepted book. It's, it's published by Simon and Schuster. Uh, and it's a, a story about his life from the jungles of Vietnam to a psychiatric hospitals to the boardrooms of corporate America. And, uh, and so we'll have Gene on to talk about that. They're giving away a, a copy of Gene's uh, memoir. You had to be there. And a free oil change to anyone that buys a car or sells a car from Gene Gorman Auto Sales. Go check them out. You know, Gordon Mac Martin is uh, he's United Country Real Estate. It, you can find him at GulflandRealEstate.com online electronically. You can call him 863-494-2100. You can find his office on Magnolia Street in Arcadia and Kings Highway in Punta Gorda. This is coast to the country. If you are looking for, uh, for property for a ranch, or if you're looking for waterfront property with access to the Gulf, contact Gordon Mac Martin from the coast to the country. He's there to help you buy and sell real estate of all kinds, but he specializes particularly in, re in recreational properties and waterfront properties. Gordon Mac Martin. GulflandRealEstate.com. Go find him. Hey, Captain Bill's Barbershop shop is open. Go get a haircut. 
it's a hot dog day. Weather's so nice. Want to go to the park? Grilled onions and peppers in the air. Umbrella and a cart. Hot dog in the park. Enjoy the repast. It's a hot dog day. Well, they're up to uh, events these days. If you need an event covered, give her a call. Uh, find her on uh, Facebook. Uh, she's got uh, It's a Hot Dog Day out there. And you contact her and let her know. And if she can, if y'all can come to an agreement, she's doing events this summer. We're off in the parks in Punta Gorda until October. And so, uh, but don't forget, every day is a hot dog day. The um, Michael P. Heyman's attorney at law, PA, uh, my law firm, uh, do a general practice with a concentration in environmental and, uh, and land use law. It's just me and the secretary, my secretary, Lori, she's been with me for 20 years. Give her a call. If you need some help, we'll get you in. We'll try to uh, take care of you. If we can't help, we'll try to get you someone who can. So give us a call, 941 575-0007, used to be 007, got a promotion, now I'm 007. Well, Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center, you know, with the, uh, with the isolation and with the, uh, with the shutdowns and, uh, and uh, the stay-at-home uh, encouragement for those who are sick or may have uh, exposure to those who are. Uh, there's been a, um, a truncated uh, program, but uh, but Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center is is continuing to serve its mission. We did have uh, summer camps for uh, for kids this year. Uh, we're, uh, we have uh, we had just this week our uh, board meeting, and we've got a budget that's adopted for the coming year uh, with. And we're working on some contingencies of what happens uh, about the children at school and being able to participate in those kinds of things. Well, uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, kayak tours and walks uh, with naturalists that are available for folks. There's a great way to be in the outdoors in order to keep uh, social distancing and healthy spaces uh, for your activities. So don't don't forget that we have the wild places that we manage and conserve uh, for the Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center, both at their Alligator Creek uh, campus and at the Cedar Point campus over on Lemon Bay. Uh, the Charlotte Harbor is, we call it CHEC, Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center. Its vision has always been to become an essential element of the community for transforming the understanding of adults and students of all ages and backgrounds helping each one to learn to interact in environmentally responsible ways and improving their thinking through positive connections with nature. The core of our mission is important. Check's education programs educate and inspire and empower people of all ages and ranges. More and more, Check is drilling down on the STEAM programs and consistently and collaboratively working with all the Charlotte County school teachers and principals and have developed programs for new schools such as the Woodland Middle School in Northport, Florida. Every year, Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center educates over 4,000 students. We work with the county to develop and educate the general public through lectures held at Bayshore Park in Port Charlotte and Cedar Point Park in Englewood. The Charlotte Harbor Environmental staff manages two locations, the Cedar Point Park and the Alligator Creek Park. And there's an outstanding number of programs executed each year, approximately 300 by a relatively small staff and numerous volunteers. If you've never had the pleasure of visiting the Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center, then you've missed out. Alligator Creek, uh, you can go check in. There's a convenient walkthrough, open dawn to dusk. Hikers are always welcome to walk the trails and enjoy the simple pleasures of the outdoors. Sharing space with nature is such a worthwhile balancing act. Awareness and respect are all that's required to have the awesome privilege of witnessing wild animals as they naturally go about their daily rituals of simply living. Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center is a private non-for-profit 501c3 corporation, which was founded in 1987. It's been providing a environmental education, recreation, environmental research, and conservation lands management services to the citizens and visitors of the greater Charlotte Harbor area for 33 years. Many members of the Charlotte County Government, City of Punta Gorda, Charlotte County Public Schools, and the Peace River Audubon Society. We've got 
21 different programs managing eight environmentally sensitive lands. It provides a total of eight miles of hiking trails and other recreational opportunities to the community. Charlotte Harbor Environmental Center. Go, go check them out. You can either do a guided walk or you can go in on your own. Uh, we do have kayaks that, uh, uh, for tours uh, and the appropriate kinds of activity for people in this kind of time of a pandemic. You know, we've, uh, we've got not only this pandemic that we're dealing with, but we do have a hurricane that looks like it's coming. I mean, there's, uh, it's down uh, and then a series of other ones coming off of the coast of Africa. And uh, it's looking like August is gonna ramp up into a very busy hurricane season. Uh, uh, the latest, the, the one that's on the, the track to, uh, to come in to pass the Antilles and into the uh, Caribbean Sea and then set up to wherever it's gonna come up through uh, on the Gulf of Mexico side or the Atlantic as it turns north, but it's gonna be coming in and turning north, and we've all got a bunch to watch with the uh, with that. You know, we had back in 2004 Hurricane Charlie, and then and then three others came through our uh, our community, and we ended up uh, putting a, a a compilation from the Peace River Center for Writers in a book called entitled "Summer of the Storms," the uh, Peace River Center for Writers. Uh, it was done by our uh, board of directors, which at that time included uh, James Abraham, uh, from uh, who's now uh, Book Brokers. It included Paul DeGata, uh, Carol Mahler, uh, uh, Kathy Futch, it included Lynn Harrell, uh, and we had uh, John Pillow was involved, Joe Morrison was involved, and uh, we still have some of these books available. Peace River Center for Writers. Uh, one of uh, one of my heroes in my life, Steve Blackwell. His family suffered so uh, atrociously from uh, Hurricane Charlie. It actually it wiped every every one of their family uh, lost their home, and they were in other housing uh, for uh, for a significant part of time. Steve and Sue lived uh, in a cottage at 7-Eleven uh, West Marion for a year uh, next door to me. Uh, and, and his uh, daughter, Phoebe, ended up uh, being here at 9140 in this house uh, for, uh, for a year or so, it seems. It, uh, and, uh, and Steve... Steve had been scheduled to be up in, uh, in uh, Canada, in Ontario, with uh, Fred Eaglesmith at a, at a, at a picnic uh, concert. Uh, Fred Eaglesmith goes around every year, and, he, uh, and the, the people he runs into, the musicians that he likes and inspiring along the way during the year, he invites to his picnic. And, uh, and Steve Blackwell and friends was invited to that, and, uh, and they ended up canceling because everybody was devastated and uh, and tried to pick up the pieces of their home and more hurricanes coming etc and uh, and so we didn't go I, I ended up going uh, because I had tickets that I couldn't get refunds for and it seemed that I was just uh, uh, we were just a continuing burden here in the cleanup so we let our house be used by others who didn't have a home as we left and we went to Canada and watched the cleanup some of it for uh, for 10 days on the news. But Steve Steve wrote uh, Goodbye Old House. Uh, now, let me say that, that Steve died of cancer of melanoma that took over, uh, that uh, that rose up after the hurricane. I think from some of the stress and, uh, and all, it, it was found a way to, uh, to, to explode in Steve. And, uh, and they were out of their house that they'd lived in. The story that I'm going to read you about this uh, uh, goodbye old house. Well, before Steve died, and he hung on until he died the weekend that we got him in there. But uh, but the but Phil Palmer turned his uh, crew uh, loose. The uh, the county 
building department uh, uh, went to extraordinary uh, lengths in order to allow the house to be completed and Steve to be able to be moved in. Steve and Sue were moved into the house that had been destroyed by Hurricane Charlie so that Sue had the place that's, uh, uh, and Steve could feel comfortable that his, his wife had been taken care of. And so we got him in on a Friday uh, evening and uh, uh, Saturday uh, uh, were the last bits of everything. And, and there was uh, WMNF out of uh, Tampa played Steve Blackwell songs all morning as, uh, as we moved him out of, uh, he and Sue out of their storage units and the house that they had been renting and into uh, the house that had been rebuilt uh, after Hurricane Charlie. But uh, so Steve died in the house, and so we got the uh, welcome back, but he wasn't there for long. Goodbye, old house by Steve Blackwell from Summer of the Storms. These hurricanes are serious, folks. This is the, this is not kidding. Hurricane Andrew got my attention. Hurricane Charlie got and kept my attention. Goodbye, old house. Never got a chance to say goodbye to you, old house. Everything just happened way too fast. Sorrow echoes in this empty shell of what you were. A mirror that just reflects the past. Right now, I'm so homesick. Lord, all I want to do is cry. But I never had a taste for salty tears. There's good vibrations hiding in the shadows, to be sure. Thank you for the joy through all those years. Four generations lived and loved within these rooms. Stored like a time capsule in my heart. You provided healing comfort to us all and all our friends. I just never thought we'd be apart. Where do I feel most at peace when I'm just too tired to roam? How do I deal with all this grief? Where do I feel most at home? Oh, all those parties in that long, long-legged house, laughter and music over the marsh. A flower can get blown right off its stem by wind, so bitter and so harsh. I think of all those songs that were written in that house. Smells from the kitchen, baking bread, all the coffee and beer that we drank out on the porch, all the love made in that bed. Never got a chance to say goodbye to the old house. Everything just happened way too fast. Never got a chance to say goodbye to the old house. Goodbye to you, old house. Goodbye. And thank you, old house. So, you know, what we learned after Charlie really was that, uh, was that we do know how to turn and help one another without regard for, for uh, monetary compensation. Uh, we, don't know, we do know how to look after one another in times of crisis and that we rise up to those matters. Now, don't get me wrong. There was looters and there was people, scammers, and there was people who did wrong and took the opportunity. But that was the, the minority. And that's what I think happens to in most times is that you'll have some minority uh, groups of folks that are not community minded and uh, and and don't pitch in and see others need as opportunity rather than uh than an opportunity to help and and so and so we need to face each other on that and ask the question if if i like the gentleman i read in the paper today 83 year old man went into the hospital for a heart condition was in his own room in the ER and then got moved to another floor to another uh, portion of the hospital and it was put in a room with another person and shared that room. Turns out that other person had COVID, had the virus. And so, for, so when it was time for this heart patient to leave, they was told, no, you can't leave. You got a 14 day uh, uh, quarantine because you've been exposed. Well, he can't leave. He's in, insisted that he's under quarantine. 
Well, the hospital on that particular one said, we won't charge you for the 14 days. Do you know how much 14 days in a hospital would cost? Wow, that's a, that's a big uh, bite to swallow for the hospital, but it's a huge bite to bite off and, and swallow if you've, if you've been put in the hospital and re- required to remain there when, it, when you didn't make that choice. It was somebody else's fault. Well, how about the people who are working? You know, one of the one of the things that we're about to do is provide, at least it appears, that we're going to be providing another stimulus package, another trillion dollars. You know, we say that easily. I don't, I, um, how many zeros are in a trillion? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a wild concept. It's even, it's hard to get your mind around. But one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to say, we're going to take away the ability of people to hold others accountable for them getting the COVID because they're, we're going to demand that you go back to work, but then you can't sue your boss if, the, uh, if, if you get uh, the virus because of the exposure at your work. And so, I mean, this is the kind of thing that's happening uh, to us. Who's going to pay? Well, when you take away the ability of somebody to get civil compensation for their damages for things, then what you've done is that you externalize that cost onto somebody's health and onto their own to, uh, to them individually as opposed to the system that demands. Well, how fair is that? I mean, when somebody come, when somebody's told, you have to come home from uh, from overseas because uh, the time is now. You can't stay there, and you have to come. Well, who pays for that? Who who pays for that demand that we have as a society? Who pays for the demand as a, of a society that says you can't go to work, you can't have your business open, and uh, and so we have, have a, as a collective has have said. No, all of us are going to participate in that with our tax dollars, either paid now in taxes or borrowed against the, uh, the tax payments of our uh, future generations. And we're going to take care of one another because we've demanded of one another certain uh, uh, behaviors. Ha- navigating that part of, of demand of healthcare. Uh, officials and systems to protect one another and each other and the demand that you not work. And so what are, how are we advancing and paying for all of this? And is the capitalistic system the appropriate way to do that? I mean, this is the ma- a major debate in our society of those who believe that healthcare is a right versus those that believe that healthcare is uh, not a right and that you're not, and that all of us don't have the obligation to pay for one another. I don't have the answer to the debate, but there's a balance that's happening that's being pushed and pulled and that there's something that's going to give because the existing system isn't set up and designed to take care of the kinds of, of health demand, healthcare system demands that this kind of pandemic demand. They, and this particular virus, this particular pandemic, is not the last one, folks. This is just another in a series of. And so in our interconnected world, in our densely populated cities and interconnected homogenous world, we're going to have more and more of these types of events, of these kinds of spillovers and uh, and contagion. Uh, and so it's not that we're ever that we're going to get back to not going to get back to normal. It's just the normal is going to be a little bit different. We just need to be aware of that. Well, well, where is God in all of this? Well, you know, in uh, the book of Job. In the Old Testament. We get to talk about a little bit about 
where is God in all this? And, it, and it's really, and I'm not going to read to you the long book of Job, which is uh, in in your not related to, but follows Esther and is just before Psalms. So in the Hebrew Greek key study Bible, the New American Standard Bible, with Strong's Dictionaries, Concordance, Lexical Aids, Footnotes, Red Letter Edition, Zadhelates, AMG is the publisher, there's a, a preface to the book of Job. Some some misstate it and say job. Who knows, you know? We do not know precisely where these historical events took place. The land of Uz, that's Job 1, 1, may have been somewhere between Palestine and Arabia. The exact time is also unknown, but many believe that Job lived at the same time as Abraham in the patriarchal age. Nowhere is the law of Moses or the nation of Israel mentioned. The book of Job was an early part of the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, but it was not connected with Psalms, Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, or any other biblical book. Job is recognized even by secular literary critics as being among the world's most magnificent dramatic pieces. It is comprised mostly of poetic passages. Hebrew poetry did not have Western-style meter or rhyme. It was composed of parallel thoughts, which were synonymous or contrasting. Only the first and the second chapters and the last chapter are prose. Job is the most ancient statement, which addresses the perennial multitudinous questions of the problem of evil and human suffering. How could such a good God make such an evil world? Why should we do good? What reward is there for living right? Why do some righteous people suffer and why does sin sometimes go unpunished? How does this square with the concept of a fair, holy, loving God? Does God really care for and protect his people who revere him? Are adversity and affliction a sign that a sufferer is wicked? If God is good, why does he allow the suffering of the innocent? The story begins with a very prosperous, respected, and good man who was devastated in just one day. He lost everything he had, including all of his ten children. However, he refused to blame God for his troubles. Later, Job was stricken with a terrible disease, and he suffered excruciating pain for a long time. Then, in three series of dialogues, some of his friends came to comfort him. But later they began to criticize him unmercifully along traditional lines of religious thought. They were certain that all of these horrible things which had happened to Job were due to his own sin. They simplistically taught that all suffering is always the result of sin. Therefore, if Job would only repent of his sins, all would be well again. Job knew better. He was sure that he did not deserve this alleged cruel punishment. He could not understand how God could let this happen to him. And so he was faced with the dilemma that God must be dealing unfairly with him, or there was some other unknown explanation. He desired to regain the honor that he once had as a good man. He boldly challenged God to allow him to plead his own case. He struggled on with the confidence that he would eventually be vindicated. <laughs> Job never did lose his faith. Another friend appeared and declared that afflictions sometimes do come from God in order to purify the righteous <laughs> and that this in no way indicates that God is unloving. It is only his way of calling us back to him like a father chastening his children. Suffering sometimes instructs us in righteousness and prevents us from sinning. His friend cautioned Job not to question God or accuse him. He told Job to humbly submit himself to God's will. Then God spoke. God chose not to answer any of Job's penetrating questions. Instead, God overwhelmed Job with a panoramic view of his created power and divine wisdom. Then God reprimanded the friends of Job for not understanding the true meaning of Job's suffering. Job was truly humbled and felt foolish. Unless you can canvas your own world, how can you presume to tell God how to run his world? Finally, 
God restored Job twofold. So do we understand the enigmas of life any better than Job did? We did not ask to be born, and we are just as bewildered about the prosperity of evil men and the calamities of good men. But how? But now that Jesus has come, we can understand the misery, the mystery much better. He suffered much and was unjustly condemned and executed, yet too was victorious. Surely we can see that all things do work together for good for those who love God. When you read, and I'm not going to read this book of Job to you, but when you do read it, what you find is that is that God's really making deals with the devil about the devil thinks that he can shake Job's uh, faith and that uh, and that he can turn uh, Job from God, <laughs> and God basically turns it over to him and says. You can do certain things to him, but not others. And you can do certain things, but not others. But I have, just as he has faith in me, I have faith that he'll, uh, that he'll continue to have faith in me. So Satan is allowed to test Job. There's this notion of evil in the world in this. Uh, and so we, there's this uh, uh, making... Uh, uh, the idea of evil into an incarnate uh, body of uh, Satan. And so the God, uh, Job, so Satan is allowed to test Job. So it said, now touch all that he has and he will surely curse thee thy face is what Satan says. Satan answered, let's see. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming around on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse thee to thy face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> and, and Job was given over by the Lord to Satan in order to... Uh, to test him. And although in the, in all of the testing, which is where he lost his, uh, his sons, his, his house, his, uh, his uh, children, uh, he didn't lose, uh, he didn't blame God. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present themselves to the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming around on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. <laughs> and Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. However, put forth thy hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he'll curse thee to thy face. So the Lord said to Satan, behold, he is in your power, only spare his life. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote Job and with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. <laughs> and he took a pot surge and scraped himself while he was sitting among the ashes. And his wife said, do you still hold and not curse God? And Job held on to his faith. <laughs> Coming up on three minutes. Progress turns on people's actions 
How are you doing? What do you do? Listen to reason. What are we thinking? Can you believe the things that we do? Each person will so sovereign democracy's contractors with a karmic claim. Uh, the flag's waving. The nation's calling. Pledge allegiance. God's American name. Well, Army One, call to battle if you don't die. Hey. Enlist again. Life's not fair. Each hand's been dealt. Live and let live. So we figure it out. Figure it out. Coming up on two minutes. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's what we're here for, is to figure it out. <laughs> We're here to figure it out. One of the ways we figure things out is by paying attention to what happened before. In another book from the anthology by the Peace River Center for Writers, it's called Swimming the River. Carol Mahler wrote one. It's called The Punagorda Herald for Vernon E. Peoples Jr., 1930 to 2015. In the archives of an attic, actually a loft, more suited to a novel than a newspaper, he searched 50 years of back issues, stacked, rolled together and wrapped like sausages in butcher paper. He pioneered in the storehouse of the past, mustiness mingled with dust moat. Decades of hurricanes and tempest had swirled rain between the roof's tin. The paper soaked it in. Other years, they baked in the tropical heat. The issues as transformed by time as the town, which they reported. Frontier fishing village to waterfront tourist destination. Unrolled, the issues cracked like bark of the long leaf and slashed pine and oak before they were milled to build the town. Those saved newspapers returned to that of which they were made when the news of the day was Seminoles pulling by in a cypress log canoe. Thanks for helping me build the zoo. We'll see you next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.